Welcome to Firefighting in Canada, the podcast, brought to you by Draeger. Draeger products protect, support, and save lives. Firefighting equipment you can trust. You've tuned in for compelling conversation on hot topics impacting Canada's fire service. I'm Hope BC Fire Chief Tom DeSorcy. Pleased to be joined today on the podcast by uh, with Paul Smith. Uh, Paul, who is uh, known to many in terms of uh, uh, presentations and perhaps those that have read one, maybe two, maybe all three of his books. And uh, Paul, a pleasure to to have you uh, join me today. Yeah, Tom, thanks for having me on. Uh, calling on the phone uh, from on the on the computer from uh, from Cincinnati, Ohio. So obviously uh, American based, but North America traveled. Uh, in terms of uh, of what you do and who you present to, and I want to talk a bit uh, about maybe going back into where this began. Where where did you know where did where did a story? And I'll, we'll tell people more about leading with the story uh, and and all the books that went along with it. You talk about a trilogy. I, I will talk about that as well. But where did the uh, where did the storytelling theme begin for you? Yeah. So for me, I, it was probably ten or more years ago. I, I was. At the time, maybe 15 years into my career and and just eventually noticed that the leaders that I admired the most and wanted to work for and wanted to kind of be like when I grew up in the company were just really phenomenal storytellers and just told these compelling stories that that made me want to go do what they wanted me to go do. And and that frustrated me because I, I realized, gosh, they, they didn't teach me that in business school and they, they didn't teach me that when I when I joined Procter & Gamble. I, I worked a little while at what's now Accenture as a consultant. They, they didn't teach me that there. And so uh, that, that was a little frustrating because I it, clearly it was something that was important that somehow was missed out in my education. So I kind of set out on my own little learning journey and started interviewing CEOs and executives and leaders all, all over the place, really. And Gosh, at this point, I'm probably up to 300 or so CEOs, executives, leaders, and in, in probably 25 countries around the world, learning on a constant learning journey to find out, you know, what kind of stories they're telling and when they're telling them, and and, and did they work? And and all of that has kind of led to to my uh, to, to the books I write and the training courses that I teach on the topic. But all all from that one uh, fascination uh, midway through my career. When I first looked into uh, into your work and and you talk, uh, you know, I, I knew about lead with the story, and I always assumed that was this is how we get in. This is our introduction. We start with the story, but when you delve into it, it's more about leadership. Yeah, and you know that title, uh, my my publisher chose that, and they thought it was a, a clever double entendre. Uh, you know, it was intended to be leadership via storytelling, but that wasn't a sexy enough title, and. They thought lead, but you know, uh, lead with the story would be, and it kind of has that double meaning of oh, if you're going to give a speech, maybe lead off of the story. But if that's the only meaning that you take from it, yeah, you, you you've missed the main point. So uh, in hindsight, I I kind of regret that title a little bit because it gives people that misinterpretation. It, it's not about telling a joke at the beginning of a speech or or at the at the beginning of a presentation, you know, some little uh, icebreaker to to lighten the mood and then get into your leadership topic. It's not that at all. It's it's about telling stories at any point in the conversation that further your leadership message, not some kind of an icebreaker exercise. What I was thinking about when I first talked to, about this or thought about this was the, that, oh, here's an anecdote to sort of, it's, it's to you, to me, and, and, and it goes a lot beyond that. Yeah, it does. And, and so certainly you can use, uh, anecdote to me is just a short, a word for a short story. 
But most of the stories that I traffic in and that I teach people about are pretty short. I mean, they're in the two to three to four minute range. So th these aren't epic stories. I'm not teaching people how to write, you know, the great American novel or something. I'm, uh, I'm teaching people how to tell short, poignant, compelling leadership stories. And a story, what makes the good story or is it, does it have to be based on your experience? Well, certainly uh, if it's a story about you, it will. But uh, most of the stories you tell as a leader probably shouldn't be about you. And I'll, I'll just ask you the question. What, what would you think of someone whose stories, every story they told was about them? Yeah, exactly. It, it, you, you think, well, you, you talk a lot about yourself. <laughs> yeah, right. It, uh, clearly a self-absorbed uh, person. And, and those tend to, not to make the, the greatest leaders, right, or not the leader that you want to work for. Right. And so you probably don't want to be that kind of a leader either. So most of the stories you tell should be about other people. And of the stories you tell about yourself, some of them should be about mistakes you made. So you're not the hero of the story. You're kind of the villain. Right. And, and those those are actually some of your most powerful stories, your mistake stories, because you know, the people who work for you want to hear that kind of story from you because it's essentially, hey, let me tell you about the biggest mistakes I've ever, ever made in my career so that you won't make them, right? Th that's the kind of leader people want to work for, a person that cares more about their people's growth and development than their own ego, right? Is it a, is it a lessons learned type of uh, approach then? Sure. That's my point is some of the stories should be that way. Not all of them. You certainly can tell stories about your greatest successes and the best decisions you've ever made. And uh, th those are valid stories as well. But if all of your stories are about how awesome you are, <laughs> you know, that's a problem. That, that is not the kind of leader most people want to be or, or to work for. Is there is there a good story? I mean, or I guess is there a good story? There is. But is there a bad story? Um, so a, a bad story to me would be a useless story mm -hmm. right? a story that, uh, doesn't teach any lesson that your, your, your audience needs to hear. Uh, and I mean, there could be, I guess a bad story could be a boring story, a story that's too long. I mean, now that I think about it, I guess there are a lot of ways for a story to be bad. Um, but uh, what I don't consider to be a bad story is like I said, a story about when you made a mistake. Well, that's not a bad story. That's a fail. I call it a failure story. It is a story about a failure that you made that you learned something from. So they make for great stories about a bad topic, right? So that's fine. What you don't want is to tell a story really for no reason or just because you think it's entertaining and, and, you know, and maybe it is. And if what your group really needs is to be entertained, well, go ahead and entertain them or maybe hire a comedian or something. But um, most of the stories that leaders tell should have a point. They, they should help the people that work for them do their jobs better or inspire them more, or help them be more creative or innovative or uh, help them be better problem solvers or, you know, they, they should accomplish a leadership objective. I was going to ask, where does the where does the inspiration come in and how much effort should you put into something inspiring if you're going to tell a story? So I, I, I think inspiration stories or motivational stories is just those are one or two types of dozens of kinds of stories that I think leaders ought to be telling. So it, it's not, uh, in fact, I don't even think those are the most frequent stories. That, that, In fact, that should be an infrequent story you tell. If you have to walk around every day inspiring the organization 
something's wrong with the place you work. Right? Mm -hmm. If, if yeah. it needs constant daily bolstering, then there's something wrong with the work. I, I would imagine real inspiring, motivating stories are the kind of things you tell, you know, a couple of times a year, the kind of stories that most organizations, and there could be exceptions, you know, for places I'm not familiar with, but I would think most places, the kind of stories that you're going to tell are uh, more daily use stories about well, how we're different than our competitors or um, uh, uh, what our vision for the future is or why we can't do things the same way we're doing them now or uh, a story that teaches them how to um, do their job better or or provide coaching and feedback in a way that they'll see as a gift. Or So the, the kind of daily leadership needs or situations that you find yourself in um, there should be stories that go along with those. And I think inspiring people is, um, is probably not a daily need for most people. So you're not, you're not saying that I have to go into the locker room of the fire hall, as it were, and talk to the team to get them inspired before kickoff. I mean, that's, this is where I'm, I'm thinking about. Right. Well, I, I think you need to do that before kickoff and at the halftime, right? <laughs> exactly. I mean, if, if, if that, that's a good analogy, but the coach on the side of the you know, um, feel during the game is not walking around telling those, um, you know, Green Bay Packers stories of Vince Lombardi type, you know, stories to, you know, rah-rah the team every four minutes. You know, the, you do it at the beginning, in the middle, maybe at the end. There, there's a time and a place for every type of leadership story, I guess is what I'm I'm saying. And if if you only think of leadership stories as that grand, inspiring story that that really tugs at your heartstrings and gets you want to go out there and take on the world then you're missing 95 percent of the rest of what leadership storytelling is i think that uh, i think that's the next uh, book and it really should be uh from a sporting aspect and that's called winning mm. with a story i ooh. think um, ooh, there you i'll go. add that to my list <laughs> i think, <laughs> I'm like, I think I, i've always professed that you know the good leaders and i, I always i always look back to sporting uh, people like like coaches and and stuff on 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 hockey teams and, and football teams and when they get in front of the media that's their time to talk to the team they they say certain things that are directed at the players but mm. they're talking through the media and i think they're telling stories at least that's what i see a lot of time yeah. when you hear a coach in a post game uh, press conference for for example would would you agree with that yeah that uh, that's a good observation i hadn't made that one before but but now that you've said it i think that's that's true. And I, and I think, uh, yeah, people in other walks of life that have access to the media do that as well, I think. And I, I think it's a, a fair way to talk to your audience. We, we try and do it in the fire service. I mean, when we, you know, we we, we do a, a story about a fire and a, a house fire and a family displaced, always trying to end on a message that this family is is, is out of their home because of a working smoke alarm or or certainly a sprinkler would have stopped uh, mm -hmm. would a residential sprinkler would have stopped the devastation so trying to use that opportunity to get a message across it's it's sort of a story i would think but it's it's mm -hmm. uh, to me it's in that same vein yeah i i, I agree i agree would now now you you talk we, we alluding to the books and again lead with a story was is is one of your one of your books and then you you move into into sell with a story and parent with a story uh to me now is is it all the same or you're dealing with different people or different ideas so the the process of storytelling across all three of those is is the same or very similar um, and, and the methodology that I teach those audiences across those is 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 the same. I mean, you've got a th these stories have a structure. They're they're about the same length of time. They're two or three or four minutes. 
you know, you've got to create the same type of emotional engagement and you, you need a, a surprise somewhere in your story and there needs to be dialogue and um, a certain amount of details. And so all of those storytelling techniques are the same. The, the stories you're telling are going to be different. And the reason why they're, they're spread across those three books, plus the, the most recent one, 10 Stories Great Leaders Tell, is that the story you tell is really more important than how you tell it. I mean, most of the people that I'm coaching are, are, are business leaders. They're, they're not Hollywood actors or, or uh, uh, professional speakers or you know, something like that. So if you don't tell the story perfectly and you, you butcher the ending a little bit and you stutter on your words a, a bit and don't make good eye contact and all that kind of stuff, your audience is going to forgive you because they don't expect perfection out of you. Uh, as long as you tell them a story that is going to help them accomplish something. But if you tell a story and you deliver it in a way that would make a Shakespearean actor proud, um, you know, your voice is projecting and you don't stutter a single word and it's all perfect. But the story is just irrelevant or unhelpful. They, your audience will never forgive you for wasting their time. So to me, knowing what story to tell is the most important part of, of leadership or, or parenting or sales or any of that, knowing what story to tell. Once you know that, then then we can work on how to tell it in a more effective way. And so that's why, you know, you need all these. Uh, I felt the need to write all these books because what they're mostly full of is stories that you need to tell, because that, that's the biggest drawback or the biggest barrier that most leaders face is they just don't know what stories they should be telling. So the intent is for people to not only learn how to tell the story, but offering them some content to actually use. Right. So in, in some cases, these are stories that you can actually use this story and tell it to your people. But in most cases, it's a type of story that you need your own. Like I, I can give you examples of them, but they'll be Please. from somebody else. Right. Please. You will need your own. So. So, for example, um, the, the, the most recent book, I'm focusing on the, the 10 stories that great leaders tell. Let me just share the first four of those so you get an idea for what I mean by type of story. So. Uh, the first four kind of go together because they're about setting direction for the organization. So these four are, one, where we came from. So that's our founding story. Number two, why we can't stay here. That's a case for change story. Number three, where we're going, which is a vision story. And number four, how we're going to get there, which is a strategy story. So, you know, I, I think any leader, if, if you can articulate those four things, you got a much better chance of your organization, you know, going where you want them to go. But but just imagine, you know, I can tell you a founding story, but your founding story is obviously going to be different, right? Every company's founding story is unique. Every company's vision is unique. Every company's strategy is unique. So you can't just take one of the stories that I tell you and use it. Obviously, you need to develop your own. But <clears throat> the point is, now that you know, oh, gosh, those are four different stories that I need to develop and be able to tell my organization if I want to help set direction. So it's not just one story. It's not just, hey, here's, I want us to go work on this. Well, A, that's not a story. B, it's just one set of directions. But when you break it down into, you know, there are probably four different stories that you need to tell to adequately set direction for the organization. And you need a real story behind them, not just a list of instructions. So that's what I mean by knowing what stories you need to tell requires uh, some thinking and planning and 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 reading and learning uh, and not just, well, teach me how to tell a story and I'll just go tell all the stories I need. Well, you probably won't because you probably haven't spent as much time as I have 
researching and thinking and talking to leaders about what the most important stories to tell are. Will will a person be able to develop the timing aspect needed? You, you know, you say you, you got to know when to tell the story. Yeah, so uh, that is important, you know, when to tell the story. And um, uh, part of what you kind of you learn in these books and in the courses is you, you, you tell the stories when the audience needs to hear it, not when you want to tell it. Right. It's not, oh, hey, I've got everybody's attention right now, so I'm going to tell a story or, oh, we're having a toast at, at uh, over dinner or cocktails or something. Um, so I'm going to tell a story. Well, if they're not really in need of a story at that moment, then it's really not the best time to tell a story. So your audience's needs, which is usually the people working for you, is really the number one determinant of when you should tell a story, not simply convenience for the leader. I want to delve into the parenting side, and I think there's a, a little bit of analogy here in terms of the fire service is like being a parent when you're around mm-hmm. uh, when you're around firefighters at the fire hall sometime. Yeah. Um, but but telling using the story using the story with with uh, with kids, uh, how is that related to leadership and with sales for or is it at all? Yeah, it is. In fact, uh, the whole idea behind the the book Parenting with a Story came to me as I was writing. The first book, Lead with a Story. And the reason is because, you know, I'd write a few stories and I'd send them to some people to get some feedback. And and I'd consistently hear back from people, gosh, you know, I, I could use that story at home with my kids. And I, I kept hearing that from so many people. It, it dawned on me, you know, there, there really is a, a similarity, as you just mentioned, uh, between leading people at work and raising kids at home. You know, in both cases, you're you're the boss. In both cases, you care about and are responsible for the growth and development of the the person, whether it's the direct report or your child at home, you know, so there, um, there are a lot of similarities. And so I decided, well, let me just write a whole book just uh, in the kind of stories that parents need to tell. Uh, And so what parents need to do is, is mostly develop the right character in their children. And so I ended up interviewing, you know, a hundred some odd people around the world in all different walks of life for some of their most um, growthful moments as human beings. So oftentimes where they've made a mistake and learned a really important life lesson, you know, the, the hard way, um, because those are the types of stories parents typically like to tell their kids. Oh, let me tell you about a big mistake I made so that you won't make the same mistake. Well, you've probably got one or two of those stories that are really good. And I've got one or two, but I don't have a hundred. And so I, I wanted to put together a book with, you know, a hundred really life-changing stories and then I simply organize them by character traits. So, you know, there's a chapter on open mindedness and creativity and a chapter on hard work and a chapter on positive mental attitude and a chapter on kindness and patience and fairness and humility. And, you know, if you made a list of the 20 or so character traits you want your kids to have, it probably would look like the um, the, the table of contents for this book. And in each chapter is a handful of stories uh, about people who somewhere in the world who learned that lesson the hard way. And you share that story with your kid and they'll learn it as opposed to just wagging your finger at them and, and telling them, you know, you should, I don't know, be kind to strangers or, uh, you know, uh, show respect or be humble or whatever. Is there such a thing as a better listener than another? Oh, yeah. And, you know, that, that may be a, a miss. I, I've, I've not spent uh, much, if any, time in any of these books talking about listening. And, and maybe that should be the topic of the next one. But uh, you, you definitely need to be a good listener in order to be a good storyteller, because if you don't listen to your audience uh, and, and more importantly, get them to tell you stories, how will you know which of your stories to tell? In fact, the, the only place I really addressed this was in the sell with a story book. 
And there's a whole chapter in there on how to get your audience, in that case, buyers, to tell you stories so that you'll know which of your stories to tell them. And it's not how to get them to answer questions. To, to get them to answer questions, you just ask a question. But if you want somebody to tell you stories, you need to ask certain types of questions. So they're um, uh, uh, questions that elicit a story by requirement. For, for example, uh, if I were to ask you, uh, you know, what, what's your biggest problem at work, you know, uh, and you work in a manufacturing company, you might say, oh, oh, warehousing is our biggest problem. But, but that's just a one word answer. I, I still don't know much about the problem. But if I were to ask you, tell me about the moment that you realized your biggest problem was your biggest problem. Oh, now, now I've got to tell you a story about that warehouse fire we had two weeks ago, right? Or, or whatever. I'm, I'm forced to tell you a story about something so that I, so that I will be able to uh, really understand what the problem is. So, so I've got a whole chapter there on how to help you listen better by asking better questions to elicit stories. I think that everyone, everyone has a story. Is that, am I correct? Well, I think everyone has lots of stories. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Just uh, throughout the course when. of our lives. Yeah, knowing when to deliver and when to use them. I think, uh, you know, you can get them out of them, as you say, uh, very easily if you try. Well, yeah, and, and that that's one of the things that I, I learned in, in doing the research for these books is at first I wasn't very good at it. I wasn't very good at getting them to tell me those stories. And one of the lessons I learned was what I just told you about asking the right type of question. But one of the early mistakes I made was just asking people to tell me stories. Like, oh, you know, okay, great. Thanks for being on the on this interview with me, uh, could you tell me some of your best stories? And and they would just stutter and they just didn't know what to say. And eventually I'd, I'd ask some smarter questions and I'd get them to tell me a few things. And then I'd, I'd write up the story that I liked the best and I'd email it to them and say, hey, what do you think about this? And they'd write back and, and they'd almost always say, oh, well, I didn't know that's what the kind of thing you were looking for, because that's not really a story. That's just something that happened to me one time. And I just, I'd slap my head like, well, uh, of course it is. That's what a story is. It, it, it's a narrative about something that happened to you. And and that's when I realized a lot of people don't think of stories as something that happened to them. They think of it as this polished professional narrative that they tell people a lot, as opposed to, you know, what I want is that thing that happened to them that's in their brain attached to, you know, I don't know, the word experience or a time when something happened to you or whatever. But um, so asking people to tell you stories doesn't often get them to tell you an interesting story. I have a motto, Paul, that it's, uh, I use quite often comes from the stage where always leave them wanting more is, mm. is the way I operate. And and I will I will I will take that to the end of this uh, discussion today. And and how can people uh, how would how would you recommend people find out more about what you've done and uh, how to get the books and, and hear more about how to tell the story. Yeah, thank you. So so the, the easiest place probably is my website, which is leadwithastory.com, just the name of my first book. I guess I wasn't very creative after that, but uh, most of it's there. You get links to all the books and the training courses I do and stuff, and, and you can find this uh, this newest book, uh, The 10 Stories Great Leaders Tell. It's on Amazon and Barnes and & Noble and most of the places you uh, you probably buy books. Paul, a pleasure. Thank you for for joining me today, and uh, and thank you for sharing, uh, learning how to tell uh, the story. And it's it's it makes people think. It's making me think. You bet, Tom. Thanks for having me on. Thank you for joining Firefighting in Canada, the podcast brought to you by Drager. Drager products protect, support, and save lives. Firefighting equipment you can trust. Visit firefightingincanada.com for more episodes.